Welcome to Lean It's Artcast. And this is a creative chat, a creative work chat episode where we explore creative problem, things that come up as being visual storytellers, teaching artists, and learners. My name is Jersey Droz. I'm a cartoonist and teaching artist. Hey, I'm Rob Stenzinger. I'm a user experience designer, an interactive maker, and I teach that stuff too. Good to see you again, Rob. And it's good to talk with you about this uh, idea of like things that freak us out. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, it is counterintuitive advice, and I'm looking forward to yeah to exploring that with you. Um, yeah, what uh, what in the world? So you mentioned this thing. What uh, so it's creative work chat. Um, so we're this is a newish thing that we're exploring where we just you know talk about something that, that that's on our minds, but use the the whole lean into art style to uh, to unpack it. Yeah, and hopefully get some insights about it. So. The inspiration for this one came from, I mean, as we record this, it's the beginning of February 2021, and February 1st is uh, Hourly Comic Day. Um, and that's a challenge where um, people typically like create hourly installments of a comic and share it online amongst themselves with hashtag Hourly Comic Day. Um, and I was of course, intrigued. I think, I like to think that I have a good relationship with creative challenges, a healthy sort of relationship with it. But like the moment I considered seriously doing it, like I actually recorded a microcast and I threw it away. Uh, cause I was like, I, in the microcast, I was like talking about it. Like, how would I engage with it? And, and, and I, at the end of it, I'm like, I'm going to totally do it. I'm going to totally do it. I'm going to do it. And then Monday rolled around. I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's, I, yeah. It, so, but it, okay. But so you threw away the microcast though too, huh? Yeah, but, I did. Uh, I, I had a, I had like a record of my, you know, conversation with myself about this thing. And, uh, I decided I, I'm not sharing that either. So, uh, so hmm. the big feelings, you know, I, I like to think about, you know, this analytic eye thing is whenever you're watching a movie, reading a book and encountering media of any kind, and you feel big feelings like that, ah, ooh, ooh, you know, um, the next question is why? Why are you feeling that, right? Uh, and ask yourself, what do they do to make you feel that? And I feel like this this is applicable to this. I felt the big feelings. I saw myself drop the thing, you know, like no. And I was like, okay, well, I gotta I gotta go to Rob. I gotta talk about it on the entire cast. Figure out what it is that's motivating me to not engage with a thing. Mm. So that's awesome. Yeah, the analytic eye is like the universal adapter for puzzling. It's it's a it's a very handy utility that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it so so. Hmm. What is I, you know what we really? It'd be awesome to have the the reference. I remember when I heard that first, and I thought, oh gosh, that sounds that sounds intimidating, maybe a little exhausting. But actually, the more I get stuck on it, it sounds incredibly useful, right? And then obviously, then we made a whole you know podcast out of it, right? Yeah, uh, we did. Analytic Eye, the show called Lean Into Art. Um, <laughs> Uh, let's see. So what, um, what, what happened to, you know, what, how'd you go from excitement to re reluctance and so soon, or, or did it take a while? No, it, it literally took one night. Like it, it, like it was all like in the abstract, in, con in concept, I was super stoked. And then the next day happened and it was like time to put pen to paper. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. And so I, I asked myself, what, 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 what's, where's this reluctance coming from? What is it? And, and, if I were to put a name to it initially, and, and this is right, I, I this is, I feel like this is only the beginning of the conversation for me because the words that came out of my mouth was I do not feel comfortable drawing myself, which is weird, right? Because like uh, I noticed this when I was doing Science Comics Rockets and th this Hello Kitty book that I contributed to, um, I was asked to draw like sort of a author bio avatar of myself and. I just like with the one in science comics rockets, I just didn't trust my own judgment. I'd like, I really deferred to other people. I'm like, does that, is, am I even hitting it? Am I getting anywhere close to what I look like? You know, like, I don't know what I look like. Do you know what I look like? That kind of thing. And, and <laughs> I was so, I was so ready to offload the responsibility. Right. Huh. And like, and I'm like, why so precious? Right. Because when other people draw me, I have zero problem with that. As a matter of fact, I, for one book, I used for my author photo, a drawing that uh, James Anderson did of me. And I love it. I love the drawing. Uh, I have no problem with other people representing me in lines, but something about me doing it myself just felt like, ew, ugh, put it down. Um, 
So, yeah, and then so again, like I said in the teaser at the top, I thought about Gene Yang saying, like, well, that's a signal that there's something to be gained from engaging with that, right? Well, is there? I don't know. Uh, and and because like. It, what what that advice points me at is this idea of like real value is found in challenging work, which yes, sometimes no. <laughs> but also thinking about Brandon Dayton when he was on Lena Tartcast talking about Sketchbook Summer, and he said that wonderful thing that I use in my classroom all the darn time now is that your sketchbook is where you should be failing because if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough, right? You're not challenging yourself properly if you're not messing it up. Um, and then there's another sub layer to this is that I've done some preliminary work on a very, a much more personal project. All my projects are personal, but this one is much more like directly about me. And mm. the moment I start digging any deeper onto it, I start getting really uncomfortable and I keep trying to talk myself into like, that's the signal that there's something to be found here. Uh, but you know, it's like there's, that friction gets really great, then like the um, cost to benefit ratio starts to get really unbalanced, right? So what what is the like what's at risk uh, with this? So you're um, you know you're feeling reluctance. It's a ch it's a creative challenge. Creative challenges always have some kind of risk where you're putting you know some some amount of resources. Um, you know you're dedicating some time that you could use for something else. But, um, but you know, then there's the whole, like, what, like, why, what's it about? And, and the, you know, themes and ideas that go in like somewhere. So it sounds like the risk, uh, has nothing to do with the performance of it or the effort. It's, 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 no, that's the funny thing, right? And I don't know if this, yeah. if, if this relate, if you relate to this in any way, Rob, that's why I wanted to put it at you. Cause I want to see like, if you, like, if you made contact, I have no creative hangups whatsoever. <laughs> so this is a, Awkward conversation. So I'm glad you brought it up. Thank you. Um, like the 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 thought of engage. This is why it's compelling. Is that the thought of engaging with it? I feel like there's very low risk in terms of skill acquisition because I feel confident that I can ship a little comic strip in an hour every day or like throughout the day. I can fit that into the day. I can do it in do a way it faster. I've seen you draw stuff on a on a um, on a receipt from a restaurant. Yeah. In like mm, two minutes. Yeah, I, it not, yes. In all modesty, put someplace else. Yes, I can. I can belt out a drawing that's pretty serviceable, pretty quick. So that's not mm -hmm. the issue. Um, and then there's the intrigue. The intrigue is is like, ooh, having to do live reflection on my day with this hourly sort of heartbeat to it. I got to check in every hour and think about what just happened in the last hour and capture that in a visual representation. Can I find interesting ways to do that? I bet f being forced into that intuitive space would reveal some interesting things about the way I think about visual storytelling, right? So there's like, there's automatic implicit treasure in that, right? The kind <laughs> of stuff that I call treasure, right? Um, and then there's there's the thought of like participating with peers, right? Like that, like the idea of like, I'm playing along with a bunch of my friends and, and people I'm friendly with. That's all intriguing. Um, but the fear that comes out of it is there's something, there's some kind of, I'm no, I'm running into one of my hangups, which is this idea of telling the world who I am in image feels incredibly, um, risky. I feel like there's like, there's something threatening in that idea of like, if I, I could do it through my characters, right? So, like, I've made no secret about the fact that in Boulder and Fleet, Mining for Trouble, the character Sapphire, the little the girl with the crystal cannon arms and green skin, her, she has a meltdown, a really ugly meltdown about a third of the way through, two-thirds of the way through the book. And I'm like, yeah, this this is me at my worst. Like, that's, that is, I, I am totally that bratty, petulant child when... I'm at my, when I'm not, you know, I'm operating at my, like with least amount of resources and I'm not thinking things through. So that's fine. But the idea of drawing me having that meltdown myself doing it, right. That is like somehow feeling very dangerous. Hmm. Why? I don't know. Right. Okay. <laughs> like, so again, what's that? So what, um, I think maybe a close cousin to analytic eye is um, 
is uh, in, investigative. Um, I don't have an I don't have an alliterative way to do it here, but uh, so so investigation through decomposition. So like what we'll take the big thing, turn it into small things, right? So what's um, what? Um, okay, so either the th you could look at the thing or what's blocking the thing. So mm. I don't know, like. Yeah, I get why you didn't. Why you had some concerns going into this episode, <laughs> <laughs> and we don't have to talk about any of it, right? Yeah. And so what's cool is, I mean, we're you know we're 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 doing personal and professional development by doing this show. We're, we're this is for us, and it's for you who are listening. We're right. Um, we're we're going through the acts of um, exploration and and with a desire to 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 learn and grow, right? Mm -hmm. But it depends on where you're at, right? So you don't have to be ready to learn and grow at maximum capacity every single minute. Oh, I know it's shocking for, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I would, uh, being an aficionado of, of, you know, the, 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 the feel and culture of the, the, the Dragon Ball Z, um, you know, earth fighters team, um, and how they are all here essentially functionally to help one another become as strong as possible. And, um, but that's not always, you know, we're not always ready to become as strong as possible all the time. So this is, uh, I think that's part of that, this exploration too. So mm -hmm. where, where are you at with, and, and, and what part of it do you want to look at? Right. No. And, and I, I wasn't trying to cut us off at the past with that. It's like, I do have hypotheses about this and, and Stephen Stone Bush is in the chat says, I feel similar Jersey. So thank you for <laughs> sometimes. Okay. So part of this, like what we're modeling here is just having somebody looking at you in the eye and say, you're not out of your mind for feeling this way. Like that goes a long way to like helping quell the, you know, the chasm of terror that can come out of like a project that challenges you in ways that you were not prepared for. Right. So that's part of it. But then like Rob said, I think, are you thinking about the thing or are you thinking about what blocks you from the thing? Let's talk about that too. Right. And I'm reminded of something that a conversation I had with Zach Gialongo years ago, we were kind of talking about how like we will ne we would never forgive ourselves for being five minutes late to an appointment. But if anybody else is late to an appointment, it's no big deal. I was here. I was just I just found something else to do. I was just sketching in my sketchbook. It's fine. And it was so interesting that we were so uh, ready to condemn ourselves for this quote unquote violation, but everybody else is not accountable to it by our by our standards, right? So like automatically you get into this this, this dynamic of my internal critic is we're, we're so much harder on ourselves than we are on anybody else around us sometimes, right? So I think it's partially that. Um, and I think that that's, there's something where I give the world permission to do things that I don't give myself permission to do. So like when I see my friends drawing themselves eating a bowl of cereal in the morning and their hourly comics, I'm like, that's so wonderful that they get to do that. I could never do that because that would be so self-indulgent of me, right? Uh yeah, and we're sitting here drinking mugs of coffee. I'm, I have no problem with you watching me drink a mug of coffee on video, right? <laughs> I wasn't. So, interesting observation. That wasn't me going, mm, look at this. I'm not <laughs> consciously modeling every second. But, um, okay, so why? So, what? It, it's self-indulgent. It's a, is, it the, is it the proclamation of you to take up the, the space? Is it yeah, something that you're doing? It. I think that's it. Okay. I think I think there's something about like if I like in this situation right now, yeah. we are operating with the like part of the motivation is serving or creating a service, performing a service and offering ideas in a way to create some kind of utility. Right. There is a clear sense of what the intended value is. If I. And even when I'm live streaming, I find I can like do like when I'm live streaming my drawings, I find I can do stream of consciousness, sort of like just picking out things about that like, I'm observing about life. But I'm always trying to like wind it back to some kind of teachable moment, right? I, I think of this as a teaching performance, right? Even though I'm asking you to watch me draw, right? So something about doing a comic about me feels like I'm asking you to just consider me for a moment. And I think, man, I didn't even have words for this before we started today, Rob. Um, so, and, and I wonder if like after our break, we can like unpack that a little bit about what we did together. Cause I think that's the interesting thing here is like, 
this modeling activity of like encountering the thing you're afraid of and then stepping back and sort of teasing it out, try to figure out why am I so afraid of it? And not necessarily deciding to move forward with it or, or not, right? Is like, it's, that's not the issue. The issue is, is like, take that as a signal to think about like your relationship with your art. So I think there's something about um, that, that story I mentioned with Boulder and Fleet with Sapphire, having that meltdown, that was in the context of a story meant to serve an audience in a different way. That was, that was a piece of, that was a flavor of. I don't mind personal aspects of my life being the spice of something, but considering it in and of itself on its own somehow feels like a violation of some kind of internal rule, right? Mm. Which is weird because I can totally see the argument that, but me telling my personal story would have utility for the people who had lived similar experiences and they would feel seen by that, right? I get mm -hmm. that. Yeah. In I, this conversation, you made that point through, you know, like part of that this is, um, that's a service just to see someone say that, um, hey, I see you and, you know, that I identify with that feeling and whatnot. Um, yeah. Just from you being you, not without having, you know, to, to package it in a service right. of, uh, of teaching. So I guess, yeah, like, so I, I, I don't. I didn't really show up to this conversation wanting to have you talk me into or out of anything. It was more or less to just pick apart this idea of what's happening to us when we encounter these hangups. Does any of this resonate with you with things that you've experienced, Rob, like projects that, that frighten you? Oh, it, it totally does. Also, having being present for this kind of conversation is something that like younger me would be either I, I always had agendas. Always, I like I couldn't stop wanting people to to be to be stronger, better, faster, whatever, right? Um, so I hope I'm you know doing some useful listening here. And without you know I, I like wherever you wanted to go with this is in is great. It it works. It's valid and it's important. And and that's worthwhile. Just being present with these ideas. So I like that part of the this this practice, but also like identifying with. The hangups uh, um, and and uh, you know wanting to jump in or uh, you know being you know resisting a, a creative challenge and all that because of hangups and um, you know personal quirks and 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 um, emotion stress concern what have you yeah <laughs> have you read my blog um, yeah uh, uh, and and of course, yeah, ten years of doing this, you're you know you know a lot of these things where I have um, I don't know I, I think you know we have some you can have different stresses and quirks and you know find you know common ground of like oh stuff blocks you yeah oh yeah stuff blocks me too look at that um, what how what, how do you deal with it and lately um, yeah I've been trying to rethink that through and I've purposefully I'm I'm putting myself through a, a daily publishing creative challenge. And it hurts bad, but uh, it's also, um, uh, it, it feels like I'm, I'm learning more than it hurts. I, I want to just sit there and yell every day about how much it hurts, but I purposely don't. I let myself do it once in a while. And I think that's, um, yeah, I'm just engaging with my own, you know, my hangups and concerns. It's like, I like I want uh, for me, it's the, it's the skill and the performance. It's, I, tr I think I'm, I'm coming at it from a, a different angle. It's not that everything has to be two angles or what have you, but instead of being concerned about the, um, the, the, the presence of me, I've wrestled with that for enough. I've, I've, and I've, I've done enough free writing and journaling where I think I have a, a, a pretty good relationship with that, you know, pretty good, not amazing what, but, um, uh, workable. But then it's the the quality of the performance, because I can in my own mind show up and be thinking about uh, the validity of ideas and emotion that I want to share through a creative challenge. But all that actually comes out of my my mouth and hands are scribbles and um, garbage thoughts. So it's not quite comprehensible enough, and I have to put in more effort to to make it. Uh, to bring it there, to bring it so it's not just like, look at that quirky fellow, uh, you know, blogging garbage. I, I, you know, I'm I'm trying to show up and make some sense. 
Mm-hmm. So then it's that that costs me a lot and I stress a lot about. So mm. anyway, but in general, yes, I identify with this. <laughs> so um, can we, yeah. how about we take a break and then we'll come back and talk about ways that we're trying to engage with it. And like, I, I hopefully, you know, in a broad sense, so like, like, so people can engage with it in their own way rather than being advicey and, you know, what to do with it. Uh, but more like, <laughs> You know, yep. what do we do when we encounter this? What are, do, is it, is it enough to understand it? Is there something else that happens after that? How does it change our relationship with our art? Does that sound good? Mm-hmm. It sounds really good. Okay. Um, even if it does sound a little advicey. Well, we can talk about that too. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's, that That's me running away from myself again. <laughs> right there with you, my friend. <laughs> All right, we're going to come back in about a minute and a half, and we're going to talk about like well, how we deal with this. Uh, and, and I want to hear from you all who are watching live, what are projects that you're afraid of, and can you name what the thing is in the, in the, the darkness there that's scaring you? Uh, but before we do that, we got to thank some people who make this show possible, and that is the folks who support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Art is the website. And what is it? It's a way for you to give us a monthly upvote, help make this project more sustainable by contributing as little as a dollar a month. You can also do a one-time contribution. Just check in, give whatever you think is appropriate, and then avail yourself of the behind-the-scenes content at the end of the month. Check out. But I want to thank five people who have been supporting us on a regular basis. First up, Art Muffin. Thank you, Art Muffin. You can find their work at artmuffin underscore studio on Instagram. And Nate Marcel. Thank you, Nate. Big cheerleader of the show. You can find Nate on Twitter at Great Sea Monster. Thank you, Nate. And Metal Witch Sketchbook Project. Cool name. Cool person supporting us on Patreon. Thank you, Metal Witch Sketchbook Project. And Spencer Hallam. Thank you, Spencer. It means a lot to us. And Rachel Ross, of course. Thank you, Rachel. You can find Rachel on Twitter at NYC Terrace. You can join them all at patreon.com slash leanthwart, where you'll find all the shows we make, as well as the extra leans, the shows we record only for people who support us on Patreon. And it gets you access to the Patreon-only section of the Lean Into Art Discord channel, which you can get to at leanintoart.com slash discord. So once again, patreon.com slash leanintoart. Thanks to everybody who has been supporting us there. It means a lot. It really does. Oh, can I do something for old time's sake, Rob? Of course. All right, thank you. I need this. <laughs> I, you telegraphed it. I knew it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so now we're in the second part of the show. So, yeah, what do we do with this, Rob? What do we do when we encounter projects that make us feel this reluctance? And you mentioned like you're doing this daily blog, sort of like just make it a performance that you're showing up and doing this thing on a regular basis, focus on the performance, and then what? What do you hope you'll get out of that in terms of like personal hangups that you have? Well, I, it's not just the severity thing. It's like um, it's it's upping the level of a practice in training intensity um, with you know with a um, like I, I think I've practiced enough where I think I have a, a reasonable chance of making it work and benefiting from it. Right. So it's not just cavalier and off the cuff and it's, but it is saying that, um, I, I can't mitigate all the risk, but p- that's part of the point. I need to face that. And, um, that's why I'm doing it. it it's, uh, I have with, with my, with my quirks, um, about, um, you know, negative, you know, self-talk about creating things about, um, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know this, uh, just basically a chorus of different voices and perspectives that are curmudgeonly in different ways about, you know, the quality of what I do, the, the content of what I do, the, the validity, validity of me and my own voice and doing it and all that. And I'm like, I've practiced enough with that group of a-holes and um they're my team and they can freaking do work for me because this is all i got (laughs) so i'm going to essentially take this team and make stuff and we're going to get along um and that's the practice um and you know such as it is because um you know I, i know i know i can get 
decent workout into the world and, uh, you know, different, I don't know what to say. Like, is that making any sense? Mm-hmm. Am I just bleeping over here? Blooping? No. What, well, what, part of what I'm hearing in there is that you're also considering that. So the thing about negative self-talk in my experience is, is that I think there's like a, like a, one of those like healthy slogan signs that people put in their houses where it's like, you are not your inner voice, right? Like that's not you. Yeah. Um, and, and like, I think we've talked about this before is like, we can sneer at things like that, or we could think of them as a talisman or token that points toward more sophisticated ideas. And if you think about it a little bit, it's like, we are made of a committee. There are different sort of voices that like vie for attention inside of us. And like, this is like the basis of some, some of the different schools of psychology. And so I try to think like that negative self-talk is something that was kind of hardwired into me a long time ago through various life experiences, but it's not all of me and it can feel like it's all of me. And so like this acknowledgement of like, there are these different pieces of me, these different principles, these different aspects, these different skills, these different personas that all inhabit me. And I'm going to put them to work, right? It's like you're taking a leadership role in that committee, right? And say like, yeah, damn it, we're going to do this thing together. That's a way to like take that energy and put it into action of some kind. You know, Um, the discernment of what action to take is another thing entirely. But I like this idea of that acknowledgement of these various pieces of yourself. And what I'm trying to do is to not uh, deny them, but to try to put them to work as best I can. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, and, and that's through, you know, practicing a mental model for a creative process and doing it on different scopes, things that are really tiny, instant creative loop things and long creative loop things. And, and just, um, uh, you know, which creates different pressures, different implications, like a, like a creative challenge, having the, um, like some kind of frequency dude, you know, related to it, some kind of, um, you know, you know, quick participationness to it, like art sound off a daily thing, NaNoWriMo daily writing thing, uh, 24 hour comic day, you know, what, uh, all these different things are just like you know, these contained, uh, performances, uh, in some size of a container and then some type of performance. And I don't know, like, um, I, yeah, I don't, I, right. You can different. I, I think, when you, when you talk with, with our, like hearing us, right. You hear like, we get, we can get hung up on different aspects of, of, of any of that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and um, well, and not, not to, you know, turn this into an ad spot for our other projects, but there's this thing we do called the two minute practice. Right. Uh, hmm. and there's something about practice that, that sands the edges off of things. Right. There's something about practicing something on a regular basis that makes it less it diminishes the anxiety you feel before diving in to do a difficult thing again and again and again right that's part of what why practice matters right so you can engage with risk and feel um great stress or less stress and you could do that because you know what you've you've brought you've given yourself enough time practice um exposure to something what have you to have a changed perspective you're still engaging with the same level of risk activity but you feel different about it yeah yeah that's a great way of putting it yeah so do you want to name things that frighten us you want to do that as a a practice right now (laughs) um well i think you've done a you've done a pretty awesome job and i don't know i think we've let's see i yeah i highlighted that in the notes thinking just sort of i guess thinking with my my mouse hand, I guess. Um, so what, like, cause where, do, where do we go with this? Like we've, I think we've characterized a lot of, you know, different like some things that you're, you know, that, that, that frighten you as far as the, you know, the, the hourly comic day thing. Um, and, and, and sort of, you know, we've dug into that a bit. Is that, did we answer that? That's what I'm curious about. It's like, do we know what frightens us? And, uh, and again, do we feel like engaging with that too? Because yeah. you don't have to. You just yeah. That's get, true. get other get other work done. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there, there's a time for gaving at one's navel, and there's, there's a time for getting the list done for the day. Um, I think, so if I were to try to put some more language to it, because like another thing I think about when it comes to dealing with fears is, is that... Um, a friend of mine pointed me at this idea is that like we often will react to situations 
in, unwittingly to protect ourselves in some way. I get angry about oh. this kind of interaction because I'm trying to protect something that makes me feel vulnerable in the moment, right? Or I make yes. a self-deprecating joke and act real boyish because I've, I'm protecting myself from from something that is vulnerable, exposed, and, and you know, uh, painful. So when I start to talk about what I'm afraid of in my work, I don't... Uh, implicitly trust that voice because that voice might be throwing up language to hide what I'm really afraid of. Right. That language might be something like a smoke screen to say like, no, no, no. I just, I am really humble and don't like to try to draw myself because I don't want to make it about me. Is that it? Is that really it? <laughs> Is there something else there? Right. So like, I feel like that's, First of all, a 40 something minute discussion is not going to get to the bottom of it. Right. Uh, it, but it, it, so like there's that incompleteness to it, but I think there's another level of incompleteness to it where like, I got to think harder about what is really what I'm being triggered by when I think about this simple act of just drawing a drawing of myself, right? Something mm -hmm. weird going on there. Um, and if I were to try to put language to it, like the language I have put to it historically is that I am not confident in my ability to know the difference between making art and crying in public right that was the, that's like this tidy little phrase that i put together to like sort of say both to distance myself from the thing but also to like lean towards teachers and say show me the difference because i don't believe i know the difference it's hard for me to tell um so but i don't know if that itself is a smokescreen too, right? So like, what, what does that point to? Why would it be bad to cry in public Jersey? Right. Why mm -hmm. would it, why would it be bad to ask for help? <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm thinking back, like if, if we're going to get into like, really like, you know, like, uh, semi vulnerable areas, I have a very clear memory of when Ann and I were first dating and I had my, I had my car, I was like in my early twenties. It was a, it was a piece of garbage. It was a uh, 1980 Plymouth Volari. Um, and like the shocks on it were so bad that when you hit a bump, you just like did you bounced up and down like really slow like this, you know? It was Ooh. it was a huge car. It was it was impossibly big. It was from the you know like the late seventies, early eighties. And like one of the things I loved about driving it was like if I start to change lanes and somebody's in my way, they don't want to hit me because they know I don't care. <laughs> that car's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt like the king of the road in some ways. Anyway, uh -huh. but. It, it was it was a junky car. So like one night it was dead winter. I was working graveyard shift at my job at the time, and my d doors froze shut. They I could not get them open. And Anne's like, well, I can take you to work, and I'll pick you up in the morning. And the thought of having to inconvenience her to like have her get up early in the morning to pick me up from work it made me so angry. I was just like almost livid with rage. Right? Like, no, I gotta get this fixed. Right? Because like the thought of asking for help was so difficult for me. Right? And so like mm. I think about things like that. Like so part of the strategy for me is. Okay, is this reminding you of any other life experiences where you acted a little bit weird? Because like your girlfriend at the time was like, "What's the deal? I was just offering you a ride, I'm trying to do a nice thing for you. And you're getting mad at me. That's weird, right?" So there are other times where I sort of felt not in control of my body. What was the thing that activated it? Okay, does that have anything to do with what I'm feeling here? Doing that kind of self-examination over my whole biography. Because I, I suspect it's something that's pretty that has a pretty deep root in something from you know that I've been struggling with for a long time. Yeah, I mean we're all uh, bundles of uh, you know nature and nurture, um, yeah. and uh, it's let's see. I think that's really constructive, and I think some artists will find it a, a, like a like what what feels appropriate to do next with that. So you have all this observation, you have this insight. Some folks are like, ah, I'm seeing panels in a comic or I've got dialogue and I'm just going to start typing or, or, or what have you. Or, or I have, um, feelings and a palette and a texture in mind and I'm painting there. All of a sudden it, it goes from that, like what you described to no roadblock and it gets put out into a creativity, creative work. Mm -hmm. And it, it gets infused with that, those emotions and stuff. And, um, so I think about like what, like what feels like what, let's see, where, where's trust, where's more trust and where's, um, um, where do I go 
like to, to, to find it or build it. Right. Because it's like, wait, I want to use this, but I see no bridge at all that I trust (laughs) (laughs) to go from here to there. Um, so how do I make one? How do I, yeah. Um, and that's my answer to that is to, um, train with those voices every day (laughs) in my blog. Um, and I, you know, to get overall, um, just, just more, more confident together because I know that, um, there's, there's worthwhile things to make and I'm in my own dang way. That's, uh, I'll tell you what I love about that because by making yourself accountable to shipping a thing every day, you sort of put like the strongest member of your committee in charge of the committee. (laughs) It's like, who here can I count on no matter what? Me, I'm the guy who always makes you show up and actually do a thing when you said you're going to do it. All right, you're in charge of doing this really dangerous thing. What? Yeah, that's right. Okay, team, right? I, I feel like that, that, that's the, the if you, you know, go to the inside-out metaphor, the, the committee in your head, that's, you put that person in charge. I, I, feel, I feel similar in the, the twice-weekly live streaming I've been doing this year, which was me. I, I committed to showing up at a certain time and I sort of hack myself by uh, putting a post out a few days before saying, don't forget, I'm going to be at this date and time at this place. So now it's like I got double accountability because before it's like, I don't know if anybody's really going to show up, but now I've asked them to show up, right? So I got to show up and I got to fill an hour of chit chat while I'm drawing, um, right? Mm-hmm. And so stuff's going to bubble up and I'm going to have to you know, deal with it in the moment and process it in a way where on the spot I'm determining what's the difference between crying in public and making art. Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm. and I think the accountability part of me, cause I, I feel like I, I feel like I'm a fairly disciplined person. Um, that's going to force me to show up even when I don't feel like I have the capacity to show up. And I, I've seen this in my classrooms. Like the moment before I walk into the room, I'm dragging. My back is hunched. I'm, I'm you know, I feel like I'm going to die. And then I walk through that door and it's performance time. And I got to be there for those kids, right? You've seen me do that. Rob has a, has a video of me dancing <laughs> where <laughs> seconds before that video started, I was sick. I was like hunched over and like, oh my gosh, I feel like garbage. And then somebody was like, Jersey, we put a spotlight on you so you could help us out with this thing. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'm on. <laughs> so it's like, I know I have that ability to, to do that, which will, which will push me into practicing this idea of thinking a lot about this stuff, why I'm doing what I'm doing and what I'm, what I'm nervous about putting myself out there as a person and an artist too. Right. So it's, I mean, yeah, you know, it works. You've seen lots of other artists who are fluent in this. This has been a topic over and over for us, like a recurring theme on lean into art is that this, in, in essence, the whole, um, like what's the difference between, um, what crying in public versus, um, in making art. Cry- Crying, oh, man, making art. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's um, because, yeah, I, I mean, we've seen some folks are pretty pretty skilled at uh, like just making art out of like all the raw feelings. And uh-huh. that's, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's been one of those things where, I mean, sometimes you notice something like, hey, analytic eye, pay attention to this. And analytic eye is like, whew, that's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, I don't know when we're going to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the analytic eye becomes that mechanic in the dusty dust bowl town who like when your car breaks down, you open the hood, like, can you get me back on the road? Like, who, I don't know. Might be Wednesday. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> this car's got a lot going on. Um, <laughs> let me get back to you on that estimate. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, well, what do you think? Do you want to take one more break and then like sort of like walk around like any concluding thoughts you might have or like yeah. sort of send off wonderings? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, did we pick up anything today? Like things some we we do different or yeah. I mean, and I, I do love that idea. Another uh, Jersey ism of the, of the, Hey, let's, um, let's wonder here. Not a non threatening, inquisitive perspective. Mm. That, that, that's a really nice way of describing it. Thank you for that. Okay, we're going to uh, 
come back in about you know a minute and a half again and wonder about this stuff. But before we do that, we want to thank some other people who make this show possible, and those people are us. We make the show possible. And the thing that I make that I hope you will check out is the 4 Million Years Later podcast, and that is a story analysis podcast wherein the subject of study is the 1980 Transformers cartoon. We watch an episode a week and dig deep to explore the story's structure and meaning and further writer's intentions and synthesize them with the context of conflicting needs of a daily television show explicitly designed to advertise toys. Doesn't that sound like an intelligent endeavor, everybody? Like an intellectually stimulating endeavor? Do check it out at 4millionyearslater.com. Are you ready, Rob? I'm ready. So I just I would like to do a quick mention of a really useful workshop that I offer called Customizing Your Next Creative Challenge. And you know, creative challenges keep coming up. You might have invented five of them along the way of listening to this episode of the show. Um, and you know, there's, there's plenty out there inviting you. So they come up all the time. And how do you make that a good fit for you personally right now where you are today? Not the last year time, not the, you know, just right now, what, what, what fits for like, what do you want to get for the, for the output and the feeling and the experience? And this workshop helps you, um, with a few, few worksheets and some guidance. And, uh, next thing you know, you'll have a good plan to take on your next creative challenge in a way that's, um, that's really about you and what you want to get out of it. Go to robstenzinger.com slash store.html to take the class either at Skillshare or to buy your own copy at Gumroad. robstenzinger.com slash store.html. Oh, that's great. And, you know, I think that this is this is episode, uh, I would, I would be wise to avail myself of that, of that product because, uh, part of engaging with fear is establishing success criteria. What do I want out of this thing, right? Uh, understanding mm. that will make it make you understand whether or not it's worth engaging with the fear to get the thing. Can I get a better sense of what my goals are for the thing? Okay, that that is a prize that's worth being a little bit vulnerable and afraid and getting into weird situations, right? <laughs> I like it. That's an excellent second ad for my workshop. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I've I've been using it as well too. And what's funny, it's like just teasing up. I have a, I have in my crystal ball, I know what our topic is for, for next week's show. When we do a mini workshop, we're going to actually be going through like our own with a, with a filtered lens, thinking about, um, like taking on like a comics related creative challenge using that approach to say like, how can we plan this out? Well, yeah. let's use those worksheets from customizing your next creative challenge. Awesome. Um, so that's coming next week. So yeah, do, do subscribe everybody. Lean into art.com. Um, and wherever you're watching the video now. Uh, so let's do some wondering. Um, mm. What would we do? What do we do different after thinking about this kind of stuff? Um, what would I do different? Well, yeah. So is what you're afraid of like a big prize bag, big pinata, a pro promise? Just go bust that thing and, and uh, like nothing bad will happen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you heard it here. That's guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that it's. Is it a big prize pinata? You know, the funny thing is, is that I do, I do think of it in that way, where I feel like there's, there's real treasure in there, but there's a lot of snakes in there too, and I, you know, I, I, I don't want to get bit, but I know I got to get bit. You know, it's, it's. Uh, it's one of those things where, like, I really do, and this is, this is, I am not prescribing this as a worldview to anybody, but this is the way I process stuff, is I do think of um, difficulty always conceals great reward or promise behind it, right? Um, I do a lot of self-talk where I say, like, this is going to be a really hard year, but I'm looking forward to the growth that I will encounter, knowing that that kind of language can also be used as a smokescreen for me not managing my boundaries or doing my proper self-care, right? Um, I think a lot about the the horse from Animal Farm. I was his name Boxer, where he just he keeps saying, "I will work harder. I will work harder," you know, until they got him in the glue truck at the end, you know. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, because, like, I guess, like, another layer to this that I, I hadn't considered is, like, well, maybe that fear is the healthy kind of fear that says don't stand close to the ledge when you're at the Grand Canyon. That's dangerous, right? It could be that, too, right? Um, so what am I going to do differently? I, I tell you one thing I've been thinking about a lot, and this has less to do with my art, more to do with my care of myself as an artist, is I need to do in, incorporate some kind of practice in my life where I am really thinking about what my, my body is feeling and really like get in touch with what like what's happening inside of me when it's happening call it mindfulness call it whatever you want but i have friends who are really really great at it and i see them stop in the middle of a sentence and like check themselves and then like proceed again in a more thoughtful way and i'm like i that's like a superpower that i need to develop for myself because i think it will help me in discerning when I feel this hesitation, is it hesitation? Cause it's like Jersey, come on, your schedule is tight. You're feeling fear because you don't want to add another piece of fragility into your schedule. You've got a lot to do and you don't have time to indulge in this thing. Or is it fear because like you're putting yourself out there and that's dangerous and that's bad because what if they say something bad about you? Right? So there's, there's a healthy kind of fear too. And I need to learn the difference. It's it's just another a hole in the in the chorus, right? I mean, that's all. I, it, it's come on down. Let's talk about it. Let's you know go ahead, let it out. Fear, do your thing, and I'm still here when you're done. And also, we may still have work to do, or you might change my mind. Either way, let's you know, <laughs> let's let's be here together um, because I know ignoring it isn't going to help me. Yeah, um, it's. Yeah, I know. I, I'm being cheeky, but I, I do that kind of playfulness with my own grumpy voices. Um, and not every voice in my head is grumpy either. I mean, some are like, you know, are pretty powerfully optimistic. But like, um, I, it's the ones that that uh, that cause the most uh, disharmony are the grumpy ones overall. Um, mm. But. For, actually, for me, it, it goes both ways because, like, the the cheerful optimist one in me is the one who can, like, wind up chasing a balloon, you know? Um, <laughs> and, yeah. And it's like, this is not the time for that. You know, it's like, yeah, but really cool thing. <laughs> no, no, no. Get back over here. Um, and Pickles and Taft, the characters I created for that mini comic uh, years ago, <laughs> are really based on two of those voices inside of me, right? Like, the grumpy one sometimes can be the person who grounds you. And keeps you from literally falling off of a cliff, right? Um, That's a really good point. I am, yeah, you can tell a bit about my worldview just based on how I characterize uh, negative versus positive feelings and, and, and assign value to it. Um, but in, you know, as far as, you know, you know, wondering and all that, um, I, I try to just sort of keep the, keep the um, consideration going and being present for, um, for all the above. And, and yeah, I guess, you know, sure. The optimistic ones can, can get me in trouble. Uh, but I don't know. I think that's, there's times when the, there's, there's, um, uh, the grumpy ones are in disguise where there's a, like, like intense ambition and hunger and desire for recognition and stuff like that. All of us are, are, are smiling, chasing a balloon. Um, because it, you know, it's represents some kind of achievement and, and, um, personal proof or evidence or, you know, following through on a promise that helps me feel like a worthy human being and all that kind of stuff. Mm. I don't know. Um, it's, but, but it's the, I can be wrong a lot, but if I, if I keep hanging around for the conversation with, um, with the, the creative process and with this particular challenge, I think I'll come up with a decent enough answer for right now, um, by just hanging out and being present for all the, um, all the, the different concerns and perspectives my brain can muster. But I, think, I don't know. That's where I'm at. I feel like this was good. I, I feel uh, a lot less afraid. Um, there are people in the chat who are like actually you know, sharing things that make them nervous, make them feel fearful, and like, uh, and beginning that conversation of like, oh, okay, what am I exactly afraid of when I feel this fear? You know? Um, I hope this discussion was uh, useful, at least as a modeling exercise about how the two of us engage with this kind of thing and how we go down those rabbit holes and 
see what we can find. And, and or is what Rob was describing: sitting in the conference room with, with all the the grumpy a holes and the cheerful a holes, <laughs> and listening to all the perspectives and wants and needs, and like appointing a, a, a chairman or a, a chair for the 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 committee. All right, accountability. You're you're in charge. Show up every day for this thing and get all these other cheerful and grumpy a holes into line. Um, it's an option. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, okay. That's that's uh, that's cool. That um, I mean, honestly, we we talked about um, we 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 were we had a good conversation, and it's just a matter of uh, sometimes just being present for for one another in a conversation. That's you know that's that's the useful thing. Um, we're all we're all trying to figure it out. Um, so. I don't because I don't know if if there was and then that useful thing ah well this is some portable wisdom look at that it's a pocket fisherman of uh, knowledge pocket fisherman I don't know. <laughs> help me Mr Popale uh, <laughs> when we do find that portable bit of uh, useful phrasing we'll put it in a book mm-hmm. and we'll sell it at leanitsmart.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, because it probably won't be just pointlessly performative. It'll have a lot of service in there, but it, hopefully, it's um, we're bringing our whole selves and encouraging others to um, to the best of whatever they can. That sounds interesting. Well, uh, thank you, Rob, for having this discussion with me, and thanks to everybody in the chat who's been chiming in. And uh, we do this show weekly. Uh, it drops at leanatort.com on Thursdays. Streams live twice a month more tk is that what they say more tk on uh on on the live streaming stuff but we'll we'll get there um and you know we collect as a podcast at leanatoart.com patreon.com slash leanatoart and it's on the youtube's leanatoart has a youtube channel now too you can search for it leanatoart we'll link it in the show notes um so until next time everybody i have been jersey drozd of leanatoart.com and jersey drozd on instagram and I've been Rob Stenzinger, also of leanintoart.com. And I'm Rob Stenzinger, all kinds of places on the internet. Okay, bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at leanintoart.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the user leanintoart. And you can reach us via email at leanintoart at gmail.com. And remember, leaners aren't wieners. Thanks for listening.